Welcome to She Is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome back to another session Today, we are going to be diving into how to find a sense of purpose in your life, the motivation to move forward when things don't seem like they are going your way, when you are feeling let down, tapped out, overwhelmed, or a circumstance you're dealing with just seems like too much to handle. This could even be you being on the other side of recently having gone through something really big, traumatic, tragic, or just really, it was just a challenge for you. You went through something that was really challenging. Now you're on the other side of it and your nervous system feels shot, your mind feels scattered, and you're not sure what to do with yourself moving forward. How to find purpose when let down or overwhelm is what you are facing right now. I'm going to interject an addendum into this episode. I had already recorded the whole thing and what I realized was really missing was what I'm about to share with you right now and then I'm going to let the episode continue to play forward. Finding purpose in your life is different than moving forward. Finding purpose in your life isn't always defined to a specific title, goal, or accolade or achievement that you are striving for. Having purpose in your life is about having your focus in the right place in Jesus Christ and recognizing that this very spot that you are in is purposeful and meaningful even as it is. In the toils and the traumas and the heartaches, in the gratitude, in the gratefulness and the blessings of it all. When we start to make purpose mean something we haven't attained yet or achieved yet, We're always going to be outside of ourselves trying to strive for something that you do not have yet. And so this episode really, as I listen back to it, is more about how to move forward when you're in the letdown and the overwhelm and the scatteredness of whatever it is that you're going through. And I want to add into this that purpose, your existence right now is purposeful in all of its good and bad. And equally, if your focus continues to be in what Jesus did for you, then everything that you are going through is even more meaningful and purposeful. And everything you are going to do and what this episode suggests moving forward is going to have even more meaning and purpose behind it because your focus is in the right place and you recognize that there is purpose in exactly where you are right now. All right, I'm going to turn it back over to the episode, and I cannot wait to hear your breakthroughs at the end of this. Being in the bedtime scene right now, at the time of recording this, this could be very overwhelming. I have this podcast episode that I'm really excited to get out to you. I have life happening behind me in other rooms of the house, and even though there is overwhelm, no mom likes to listen to her child cry. 
that doesn't mean that purpose or a passion or a way forward cannot exist in all of this life experience. And I was recently talking to a client. So this is what really inspired this episode. I was recently talking to a client who has gone through a pretty hefty relationship um, challenge and it ended up in the relationship being dismantled. And there was many parts and pieces to all of that. And this woman is really feeling overwhelmed with her next steps forward. She spent countless years with this person. There was a lot of betrayal and deception and just lies that had been that had taken place in this relationship. And now she's finding herself in this place where she is gratefully on the other side of it. This relationship is is dissolved and in, in all of that it needs to be. And she's working to find herself, but the shock is still there. It's still present. Her nervous system feels dysregulated naturally. She's having to reestablish her life now also without that traumatic and complicated situation weighing on her. You see, a lot of the reasons why women really struggle with this idea of manifestation and healing is because nobody talks about what happens when you're on the other side of a situation that's challenging. When you go through something like this woman did with a relationship debacle and you get to the other side of it and this person has left, things are settled, the courts are done with, and you're sitting on your home in your couch and your phone's not blowing up and your emails aren't blowing up and you're not having to logically anticipate another interaction, everything is settled and dealt with, your body, your brain, your adrenals are not used to that. And so you sit in what feels like the same conflict as actually being in the situation, only this time you're no longer in it. You are truly on the other side of it. And so you get to do the reset work and you get to really reestablish a sense of normality and neutrality. And again, then comes the confidence and the peace and the joy. And I find that because we always bring Jesus into it. Why wouldn't we? He's literally the best. <laughs> um, this mama also has recently found her faith through her struggles and her challenges. And what's so beautiful about it is that God often has a way of sometimes putting us through situations that are very unideal, very unpleasant, and very hard. Because he wants us to understand that what he has prepared for us on the other side is not going to look the same, but he needs us to submit to him so that he can provide that way, so that he can provide that peace, so that he can show you his grace and his love and his mercy. And what's hard for a lot of people to wrap their minds around in in both situations, let's say the the non-spiritual, the non-religious, and then also the spiritually religious, is that when it's you facing you, When you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, whether you're in the challenge or you're on the other side of it and you're having to restore yourself, you're now faced with this, okay, what do I do next? My life is in shambles. I'm 
cluttered, I'm chaotic, I'm disorganized, I'm stressed, I'm worried, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed and tapped out and I don't know how I'm going to find my normal and in a sense new normal because the chaos was also your normal for however long that you were in it. As much as that isn't ideal, it was normality. You knew what to expect. You knew your phone was going to blow up. You knew your you know, maybe relationship thing isn't yours. You knew your finances were going to take a hit. You knew that this bill was going to show up or you at least anticipated it. This mama knew that her phone would blow up, that there would be legal issues, that there would be emails, that there would be phone calls, that there would be meetups, that there would be all these different things. And so as much as that's not ideal, it also became normal. And now on the other side of it, you don't have that anymore and so your body and your brain it's like putting someone who's struggling mentally in silence they will often go crazy with their own thoughts because they don't know what it's like to not have noise around them to not have surrounding stimuli and so you don't have that stimuli anymore you don't have the stimuli of the challenge so you have to sit in the silence of being on the other side you have to reestablish a new normal and yeah Oftentimes we'll think, well, that should be great because now they don't have all this, these communication issues and these, this relationship challenge and all this trauma that's constantly being thrown at them. But it's like an addict. When they quit, whatever they're doing, they're drinking their drugs or smoking or smokers, right? If you've ever been a smoker, you have likely struggled with quitting at some point, especially if you have actually quit long term or quit period. You get to the other side where you don't have the cigarettes anymore or the alcohol or the drugs anymore or for my anxious um, ladies, you don't have your um, SSRIs anymore. You don't have your serotonin stimulants. Your brain doesn't know what it's like to not get that hit, to not get that dose, right? Emotional trauma, physical trauma, spiritual trauma even exists when we get to the other side and we have to sit and reestablish a new normal. See, again, what, what a lot of people struggle with in healing is they don't realize that they have to reestablish their new normal. I have another mama who is going through some relationship challenges as well right now. Her relationship is unlikely going to end in some form of separation, but it's a challenging time right now for her. And she's struggling with identifying what that new normal looks like because there's a lot of this past stuff that's still in her environment. And the only thing you are always ever in control of, regardless of what challenge or trauma or experience you are navigating that is unideal, is how you show up and how you respond and what you do with all of that. You cannot control your environment. You cannot control other people. You can control how you show up for that. And that does not mean become a doormat. Get the help that you need. And sometimes help is watching Tony Robbins videos on YouTube. You guys, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have to have the therapist or have the life coach or have an accountability partner or have someone or something to get us to the other side, to have the smoking patches, to quit the smoking, to have the lawyer, to settle the the disputes within the relationship, to have whatever. If you're willing to put in the work, and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, 
Something as simple as watching Tony Robbins videos on YouTube can be very impactful and beneficial. Listening to this podcast can be very impactful and beneficial if you're also willing to not just consume all the content, but watch a video or two, listen to a podcast or two, make a list and start putting that into action for anywhere between eight to, I want to say 16 weeks. Really give yourself four good solid months of trying out something new. When God put it on my heart at the beginning of last year to become a present patient mom, I had no idea what to start where to start, even though I'm a life coach. I had never worked on being a present patient mom. I'm grateful that I have the life coaching tools and skills and cognitive behavioral therapy tools and skills to be able to apply that to myself. But I too was lost because I grew up with a mom who wasn't present and patient and I don't fault her for any of that. She just did what she knew to be normal to her and that's, it's great. I got to grow up and learn a new way. Um, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so I started consuming videos of present patient moms. And I started joining programs that helped to establish conscious parenting. And I really dug, most importantly, headfirst into the Bible because I understood that if I wanted to be better than my situation and myself at that point in time, I needed the guidance and the motivation and the courage and the strength derived from someone doing what I wanted, modeling it, but also the courage and the strength and the wisdom from God who created me, who offers me a better way forward. And if you're willing to hold yourself accountable, you need to be willing to hold yourself accountable to establish a peaceful frame of mind physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in this new experience for you, it is going to be your duty. And that does not mean that when you get to the other side or when you're in the thick of your challenge that there isn't going to be let down. But as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and as long as you continue to consume information and wisdom and guidance and modeled behavior surrounding what it is that you're seeking because you're working on you, right? If you're struggling with your spouse right now, you're not watching um, content about a man who's bringing home his wife flowers and buying them chocolates and cleaning up the house of the kids. No, 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 no. You're not here to change you. Or you're not here to change them, sorry. Consume videos like moms cleaning up their kitchen or organizing their daughter's or son's um, um, dresser drawers or putting out pancakes in the morning or sitting and reading and having her coffee with her Bible or watching women just walking on the beach with their kids, like as a family even. Like you can incorporate the family dynamic, but don't just watch the transformation of somebody else. See what can be modeled for you. So I want to break this down into three categories for you to really help you get clear on what exactly you can do to help you find purpose when you're feeling let down, overwhelmed, overstimulated, and uh, disorganized in your life. So remember, this is all about you focusing on you. So the first thing that I would suggest is get really clear on your role. Get really clear on your role of what you're doing and how you're showing up. 
So pick something, right? If your thing right now is to really overcome your finances, that's the challenge for you, or really overcome a health circumstance, or really overcome a relationship issue, or you're really feeling down on yourself right now, or feeling lost in the depths of motherhood right now for whatever season or reason, establish an area of your life and establish your role in it. What are you actually doing? When I was addressing my binge eating eight months ago, I would go into the closet to do my pantry to do my nightly binge on chocolates or chips or whatever I could get my hands on. I needed something in my mouth right now. I'd get this overwhelming sense of of anxiety and it almost was unconscious. I would just end up there and it came to the point where I established, okay, I'm really feeling down about myself right now. I'm really going to start working on this. So I'm going to get really consciously clear of my role in regards to my health. And so I would go into the pantry in the night. And sometimes I didn't necessarily stop myself, but I would start asking myself the question at first, what am I actually doing? Why am I even in here? Do I really need this? And my answer would be, no, I don't actually need this. I'm in here because I've recognized that I have a problem and this is a reoccurring pattern. And just establishing what my role in that was. It actually made it so much easier to not go to the pantry or to go in the pantry and shut the door and realize I don't actually need anything right now. And to really define my role moving forward in this new normal of healthy and not binge eating and the healthy and not binge eating version of me wouldn't need anything out of the pantry at 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And so I was able to shut the door without getting anything out. Now I don't even go in the pantry at night. It took me, I want to say probably like four to six months to really get rid of this habit entirely. But it was the consistency of every time I find myself at the pantry and put my hand on the door, sometimes I would open it and sometimes, especially in the beginning, I would go in the pantry and get stuff out. But eventually by asking those questions, why am I here? What am I doing? And do I actually need this? No, no, and no, I could stop opening the door or shut the door before getting anything out and then not even going to the pantry at all. You see, whatever it is that you're struggling with, if you're not willing to get radically honest and radically clear about what you're doing and what your role is in that challenge, you're always going to blame external factors and other people for why you're in the position you're in. And only God knows why the challenge that you face or have faced was put on your path. And what you can control is how you show up and what you do with that, how you react. Number two is get clear on what you're in control of. This is a really great one for, well, really any area of life. If you're struggling with, I'll just go over the five main ones um, briefly. So if you're struggling with your relationship right now, and typically when you have struggles in your relationship, it's a communication issue. If you're struggling with uh, your relationship right now, you're in control of how you communicate. So if you're someone who often shuts down when there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had or comes up, you're in control of learning how to express yourself more honestly, how to communicate more openly. And that's not going to be easy, by the way. I don't know who's walking around telling people, oh, communicate confidently and you're going to just be okay. It's not easy at first to communicate confidently or openly. 
But it is your responsibility to learn the skills to finally get the frog out of your throat and start telling people what you feel and think. This one was a really big one for me. I grew up with parents who didn't communicate very well with each other. And again, I don't fault them. I'm actually grateful for the the way that I was raised because it really taught me as I went through personal development and finding my faith, a better way to express. And me and my husband have a wonderful relationship today because I have taken the time to learn the skills to communicate. So I've also learned that with anxiety, I often want to shut down. So if there's a hard conversation that needs to be had or that is coming up, my initial response is to shut down. That hasn't gone away, even though I have learned to better communicate and more openly and honestly communicate. So when I feel the anxiety come up, I have learned to say things like, I'm going to share what's on my mind, but please understand, I will probably have to rephrase it. So my husband knows that whatever I'm going to say there is likely going to be a rephrase, okay? It's easier for me at this point, I found a really helpful coping skill to just get it out, out loud, and then almost as if I'm bouncing it off a wall, hear it, and then rephrase it in regards to what I actually mean or am really truly thinking or need to say. And he has learned to be more patient with me Because before I would just say things and then he would get upset because it wasn't what I meant, but it was all that I could think of saying. And then we would have this issue. And so I have learned to context. I'll be like, okay, I'm about to say something, but in hindsight, I'm probably going to need to rephrase this. So just bear with me for a minute. Just give me a second to say it and then I will have to rephrase it. Sometimes I don't. Actually, more often now I don't have to rephrase it. I've just gotten better at thinking about it first versus having to say it out loud and rephrase it. But I digress. So if your issue in your relationship is communication, it is your responsibility to learn how to communicate better. And the best way to do that, by the way, is to start getting really honest with yourself. Because oftentimes what we'll do when we're insecure or we struggle with communication, it's really twofold. One, we have a physical response, so some kind of anxious response. You've likely grown up in a household where there was high anxiety. Communication wasn't something that was done very well, if really at all. Or you're in an, an environment, in a relationship where communication is a very triggering thing. So anything you want to say or they want to say, often leads to headbutting to some minor or major degree. And so there will be a physical response of anxiety. The second piece to that is you've likely never had a space to speak openly and honestly without your words being judged or twisted back on you. And when you have struggled with those things in your life and you haven't had a safe space to openly, honestly communicate, having someone, even if it's one person, that's why therapists are really great or life coaches are really great or a very trusted, valuable friend is really great, assuming your spouse is the person you're struggling communicating with, because it allows you the space to start regulating your nervous system surrounding communicating your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. Now, I'm not saying go outside your marriage to learn how to do this. I want to be very clear. I do highly believe and recommend that you always start with your spouse, even if it is really challenging for you, because that's like you chose to marry this person and you get to also as a woman respect the fact that you did that. With that being said, if you are someone who is really struggling to communicate in your marriage, 
There is nothing wrong with finding a life coach or a therapist to help you to work through that. So I think that that's really valuable to understand because there's a lot of people who are very adamant on raining down on men right now and I don't believe or agree with any of it. I think women can have just as much a part to play in toxic relationships. Um, With that being said, in order to build better communication, you do have to have a space that you feel safe to be able to communicate more honestly. And the only way you're going to get more honest with yourself, this could honestly even be you looking in the mirror, but typically people in general need another person. That's why we people are thriving community um, because we are meant to be in community with other people. We are not meant to be isolated naturally. So get really clear on your role and get really clear on what you're in control of. So that's relationship. Let's go over health quick. If you're struggling with a health issue, what are you in control of? Is it your diet? Is it your water intake? Is it your supplements? Is it a financial investment you can make in somebody to do testing for you? I always on here recommend Doc Jacques. He'll be linked in the comments. If you're struggling with anything in regards to health-related issues, hormones, you find yourself really tired all the time, health is really at the forefront of your priority this year, I always recommend my clients go and do testing with Doc Shock. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the reasons why they are so imbalanced is because of uh, a nutrition deficiency. And in many cases, people actually end up coming to find out if they don't have adrenal burnout, adrenal issues, that it's um, mold issues that they're suffering from. And then he takes you through a really powerful detoxing process. So what are you in control of? Is it your exercise? right? If you eat relatively healthy, if you feel relatively good, but health is really a priority to you and you're not getting a lot of movement throughout the day, uh, what can you do to incorporate 10, 15, 20 minutes of movement in your day? My favorite program right now is the Ladies Edge. I've been doing this for three years now. Um, the founder, Michelle Bishop, and co-founder, Terika Wetzel, are amazing. They have an incredible community. It's 50 bucks a month, and you get um, Monday to Friday daily workouts. They have pop-ups on Fridays and Saturdays, and the other coaches on there are absolutely just the bomb. I love it. 23-minute work, workouts at home. Um, if you ever follow along with my stories, I typically post daily, crushing my 23 minutes. It is the best as a stay-at-home mom. And honestly, just even in general, I don't have an hour or two hours or the financial freedom um, to be going to the gym and paying for babysitters and daycares and stuff. And it's just like, this is literally everything wrapped in one. So what are you in control of? If it is your finances, you're in control of your spending, you're in control of what's going on in your financial life. Maybe you don't make the money that you want to be able to pay all your bills in full. Maybe there's a lot of stress around the growth of our water bills and our power bills and our gas bills and our groceries. And those are all very real things. Our mortgages and our interest payments, those are all very real things. But you're in control of what you do with your money. And you're also in control of being able to make more money. Maybe that's making um, workbooks or journals on print on demand on Amazon. You can do it through Canva. Maybe you 
pick up a craft or a hobby, you crochet or you make shirts or you do jewelry, right? There's so many ways to truly make extra money. And if you're someone who's uncomfortable with posting on social media, there's ways around it. Go find local markets and fairs in your city and like create something, right? Like there's always truly an opportunity if you're really willing to put in the work and have the discipline to see it through. Um, social media is a really powerful tool if you use it for an online business. I've been running my business online for six years through social media. I was never a person who ever thought I would put my face on there, but I got comfortable with it because I wanted to create a new means, a new way, a purpose for myself, but also for my family. And it has really paid out to be very beneficial for all of us. Um, also just even in general money aside to be able to show up and do something that I love like this podcast and help you through the challenges that you're facing so we covered relationship ultimately communication health finances motherhood if you are struggling in the depths of motherhood and this could look so different for just really dependent upon the phases that you're in your child might be going through sleep regressions. You may have a newborn, and so the up and downs all night and all day are hard. Maybe you're recovering from um, a um, cesarean. Maybe you're recovering from birth. I know for me, it took five months um, minimum to recover from a natural birth. I had all types of different problems, and I'm still navigating some of those problems today, a year and a half out. Nonetheless, what are you in control of? Maybe your answer or option isn't that you can actually get more sleep. It's just where you're at. But what can you control? Maybe it's your supplement and dietary. Um, like you're in control of that. Maybe it's actually letting people that are offering you the help to come and help you. Maybe it's giving yourself more grace. Maybe you just genuinely need to give yourself more grace based on the season that you're in. Maybe you have older kids and so there's attitudes and hormones and them navigating, finding themselves in the midst of you, finding what it's like to give them a little bit more room to grow and, and find out who they are. Maybe it's being a mother in the school system and not agreeing with all the things that are happening and ha being a mother with older kids who are navigating a lot of this stuff that's happening in society. With that being said, that's really going to come down to how you show up in your family, the types of conversations that you have with your kids, and the types of morals and values that you as a family uphold together. So maybe that is having less screen time in the house and more family dinners together. Bring back those traditional things that really connect you. On Saturday mornings, maybe it's not about TV. It's about going outside and going for walks together. Um, if it's in your ability or you already have one, get a dog and take it for walks together. Like there's so many ways to reconnect as a family. You just have to be willing to get creative. Pinterest has lots of options. YouTube has lots of options. Literally social media. Find someone you resonate with that helps reconnect the families together and establish what you're in control of. Um, I want to say for the last category, your prayer life, your faith life, your relationship with God. If you want to instill that with your kids, it is your responsibility to show them that you do that. Let them walk in on you praying. Let them see you reading your Bible. Um, talk to them about God. Really find a community where those values can be instilled even in just positive conversations or fun playtime or afternoons together. 
if you want your children to grow up having a strong prayer life and a strong faith in God and be able to have that direction for themselves moving forward and, and also yourself, you got to be willing to do it. So what are you in control of? Do you spend as much time in the word as you'd like to? Do you spend as much time in the word as you do in the negative thoughts or the overwhelm of the day or stress or whatever it is that you're dealing with? I love this concept that one of my coaches um, shared with me a couple of years ago. And she said, if you're going to go spend 10 minutes on the island of negativity, the woe is me, the I can't do this, that this is too hard, I can't believe this is happening to me, I can't believe this is what I'm dealing with right now. If you're going to spend 10 minutes on the island of negativity, also get in the boat and jump on the island to posit or sail it over to the island of positivity. Sail over to the island where you pray to God and you find gratitude because it is proven that gratitude and sorrow cannot exist at the same time. So if you are focusing on the gratitude over your life, you cannot feel emotionally, mentally, physically the sadness or the the hardship of whatever it is that you're navigating. So are you giving yourself that equal opportunity to be in the presence with God as you are dealing with genuine things that are happening in your life? And third, lastly, here is your last step. Don't be afraid to pivot. Now, I know that's a catch-22, easier said than done. Don't be afraid to pivot. If you're going in a direction and something falls out or you fall short or someone else falls short or it doesn't seem to work out, don't be afraid to pivot. Also, you can dial back your plan. I don't think a lot of people really realize And this is something that I noticed to be a consistency with a lot of my clients when they're struggling with changes in their life. Dial back your plans. If you're running 100 miles an hour to all the children activities and all the things that you're doing and you're in all the programs and you have all the the therapists and you're dealing with all the things in the house and life and everything, how do you ever expect to have the time to make any genuine changes in your life when your schedule is full? You have to learn to start saying no to some things so that you can make room for the things that are worthy of a yes from you, that are worthy of a better yes from you. So dial back your plan so you can actually take inventory of what is not serving you instead of just guessing, well, this isn't serving me and that might not be serving me and I don't know about this and I don't know about that. What's not actually serving you, you'll never truly know until you talk it out, communicate openly, honestly, But also take that assessment to give yourself some time to really break it down. You could write it out. Um, Pray. Pray over your challenges. How often do you struggle with something? And again, you're on the island of negativity with what you're struggling with. How often do you get in the boat and sail to the island of positivity and pray over your challenges? Because that's going to really allow you to welcome in that peace that Jesus offers us no matter what it is that you're facing. And I want to add this one lastly, and uh, it's be consistent, right? If you're overwhelmed with all the things, it is going to be so valuable and important for you to pick one area of your life and start sorting it out. Not all of them, not all of them. When God put it on my heart to be a present patient mom, that was my focus. It wasn't my health. It wasn't my finances. It wasn't my relationship. It wasn't, well, it ended up being my prayer life, actually, coincidingly prayer life and being becoming a present patient mom what that was 
what God is really calling me to do. And in that, he worked to transform my heart and my mind and my actions and my habits and my behaviors that opened up the space to reassess what wasn't serving me. It was certain things I was doing in my business. It was certain things I was doing in my life. It was certain commitments and people that I was allowing in my space and in my family's life. And a lot of that got cleaned out, decluttered and let go of. And then it was my health and my finances followed because what happens is when you take these three steps, get clear on your role get clear on what you're in control of and pivot, dial back, pray or stay consistent or all of those, (laughs) you will start seeing the transformation of you flowing consistently through all areas of your life. You don't have to change everything at once. But if you get really honest with yourself, naturally everything else will start falling into place. And it's a beautiful dance that we do with God in our hearts as you build that relationship, as well as your role, your accountability, your consistency. So I hope this episode serves you today. If you are feeling disorganized, cluttered, and overwhelmed with your life right now, and you are looking for that powerful breakthrough, breaking down what this looks like for you, My breakthrough sessions are 20% off from now until February 8th. You can book it with the code CLARITY on the website, RileyJune.ca, and it's under sessions and courses. So it is there for you if you are looking for that support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to see you all next week, and I hope you have a wonderful day restored in Christ. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I'm on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.